0: Hello and welcome to Modern Times Magazine's podcasts, and this is now the Pandemic Profundity Podcast uh, with John Guzon and Karen Weil. Hello, Karen. Hi. Um, Today, uh, we used to... Karen and I did a political profundity podcast uh, constantly uh, for the past several years um, with the pandemic really kind of taking over everything. We're kind of moving over to just talking about that for the most part. Um, So we're going to talk about the pandemic today. and then jump to slightly other things a little bit. A little bit about um, the potential bar memo that talked about what he was going to do under quarantine situations. Uh, we're going to talk about the Keystone Pipeline real quick, but of course, it's going to be the pandemic. Um, right now, 921,000 cases around the world, um, a little more than 200,000 um, cases in the United States, more than 4,000 are dead. Um, those are the overall numbers. Karen is in Southern California. Um, I am in Arizona. Um, and so we're going to throw it to Karen first and kind of talk about, you know, Karen, your reactions to what's gone on, and then more specifically to uh, your community um, and what's going on in your home state or in your, you know, the state that you're living in at this time.
1: Thank you. One one thing, if I may respectfully correct you on, according to the John Hopkins, the sure. latest data from John Hopkins, it's 46,252 uh, have passed on. Yeah, yeah, 4,000 um, in the yeah. United
0: States, 46,000 globally.
1: Yeah, globally, excuse me. And then, of course, as you mentioned, it's nearly a million now for the total confirmed in about 200,000 people who are recovered, thankfully. Um, well, here in the state in which I live, uh, that my husband is a native of, I cannot say that. Um, according to a uh, San Francisco Chronicle uh, article that was just updated about 10, 15 minutes ago, there are ninety five hundred ninety five 95, uh, there's 9,587 people, excuse me, in California who, who now have the coronavirus and Total in about the Bay Area, that's 2,600, of course, as we know, if we've been following the news for folks out there listening, this I'm sure many have. The Bay Area has especially been hit hard by this in the state. Uh, Los Angeles to a lesser degree. Um, I, I'm trying to double check this. According to the L.A. Times, um, again, it seems like most of the cases are happening up north now in L.A. County. Uh, as of this morning, Los Angeles County uh, has 3,000 cases and 54 deaths. Um, Santa Clara County, which is, you know, the very much the populous Bay Area, uh, which has about 8 million people, um, just as many as L.A. does, more or less. There's uh, 890 San Diego County, which is the one I live in. Uh, there's 734 with 9 deaths. Orange and San Francisco counties, respectively, have 502 cases, 434, and then seven deaths uh, between two of them. Um, maybe I didn't mention it. I'm sorry. Santa Clara County has had 30 people pass on. So obviously the Golden State is getting hit hard by this, just like New York City has. Um, and, I mean, it, it, it simply makes sense by the, the numbers, given both are quite populous, California being the most populous. Um I think, obviously, given the size of the state in which I live and just the, you know, the massive numbers of people to contend with, because there's nearly 40 million population here, uh, and and I forget how many counties are in the state. Sorry about that. Um, There are a lot. And so each county government obviously has its own type of response. Um, And, of course, most are following, if not all, are following the edicts of Governor Gavin Newsom, who... It seems like nearly a month ago came out and said you know, people need to start changing their habits and we have to start considering lockdown, which he technically did about three weeks ago. I mean, it's funny, John, uh, to break away from a moment for a moment from just the the count, uh, yeah. the counts of, of how many people are sick and or have passed away. I, you know, it just seems I, I actually posted this on my Facebook page. March, this was the longest March ever <laughs> i.e. Yeah. the month it just seemed like every day seemed like the equivalent of a, a lifetime week, yeah uh giving the you know this global crisis now in our national um it just for me personally uh, you know i don't know about the folks listening or for you it just to take all of this in uh, you know, the enormity of it it's you know, it, 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 you know it's overwhelming um and it's i mean we've gone from this being According to certain people, we don't have to name this being just a hoax or not that big of a deal or, oh, the flu kills as many people. You know, there. you know, number one, it was never a hoax. Number two, the flu is something humans have been living with for a very long time. And, you know, we've had a vaccine against it for years. You know, there are better, there are treatments for it. You know, yes, it claims people, a lot of lives every year. And that's a tragedy, as so many other illnesses do. Um, this is something new obviously and nobody knows where it's going to go and there isn't a treat you know as i remind people there are no treatments for this yeah. there's no vaccine that's still a year or so away now certainly we have a lot of you know extraordinarily gifted people in the in the bio pharmaceutical industry uh, who are no doubt hard at work at trying to find a good vaccine or, or better treatments and god bless them for it but you know we're we don't have a way to contend with this the way we do with the common influenza virus and, you know, you and I both had the flu. It sucks. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> feel like crap. Yeah. Um, but again, for healthy people, and, and this is no doubt the same with coronavirus, you know, it's not going to kill them. Um, but, you know, we're seeing all the time. It's not only just the elderly that are falling victim to this new threat. It's people who are you know in their teens uh there was just a story the other day about a 13 year old boy in england who succumbed and, and perhaps he had an existing health condition that may have made him more vulnerable but we've also heard cases of people who were perfectly healthy yeah. and sadly died yeah. from this so this this is a pretty insidious um virus we're we're facing sure. right now yeah and, and, and- it's
0: don't you think, go ahead, please. well, you know, I mean, some of the talk about, um, you know, getting the economy going again or when folks look at the numbers and try to compare it to the flu and go, hey, you know, um, all these people die from the flu uh, every year. Uh, this is just another illness and it's just part of what goes on is, you know, I think the biggest part is when we talk about 100 to 200,000 deaths in a good case scenario at this point with the way that it's spread across the country. Um, it's, it's not just even those, that, that those numbers are staggering and that they would be close to cancer and heart disease. Um, yeah. but that it would happen maybe in three or four months, you know, it's not in 12 months. It's not over a year. It is, um, you know, uh, over a very short period of time. And, you know, for as much as you want to talk about it being numbers and people look at things and, you know, that's the, the thing about the argument, um, Of hey, you just got to let it run its course is it that all goes out the window when there's when there's more bodies than there's places to put them. And and that's really what happens with a novel virus is that there's already institutionalized systems built in for a normal flu. And you can deal with a little bit more because it's, again, spread out over a larger period of time. But when you have that many people dying in a very short period of time, there's no way to deal with it. You know, uh, the stories in Spain—they used old ice rinks. Um, So you know, um, you know that's the real reality of it. You know, beyond what's going on in the hospitals, it's what happens when all these things fail. Um, And um, you know, we're and then you also are, are. You know, in Italy, people were being. They sheltered in place so there was no funerals for all these people they you know there was a priest that would walk by and throw holy water on them and then they were going to be buried and their families didn't even have um a chance to say goodbye at those times so that's really where when it comes down to it and you start thinking about economy and money and other things i mean no n- nobody wants to see it um see us hit a depression um but, you know, can you think about it on the other side? And, you know, hearing Donald Trump finally realize, and it, it's like it's about humanity, um, you know, and you would hope that a president doesn't have that realization um, this far into his term. But, um, you know, I think that's where we are. You know, a little bit about Arizona. You know, we had a little bit of the scares. You know, even normal supermarkets had nothing in them. Um, there's only, you know, less than 2,000 cases confirmed. Um, about, uh, 50 to 60,000 tests is all that's been done in the state. Um, there's, there's really a shortage of, of, uh, ICU beds and and like everywhere else. Um, but there's like, you know, starting with only about 650 in the Phoenix metro area for 400, for people. So, um, you know, it it, 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 it could hit anywhere. We're going to have those situations and that's why we got to flatten the curve and that's why everybody's home. And, you know, um. It's, it's different, you know, um, you don't hear the traffic, I don't hear traffic at night, you know, the uh, if you're listening to the radio or um, watch the TV, uh, there's no traffic reports anymore, there doesn't need to be people coming home or at a lower level. Um, you know, there's been those studies of cell phone traffic, and it looks like a lot of places, especially the larger areas, people are adhering to it for the most part, there's a 40% reduction um, based upon that cell phone uh, study in Arizona, um, even better in California, so um you know you can take some hope from it but you know obviously with the testing problem that happened and you know it's just like you said declaring it a hoax um not taking the the world health organization tests uh you know getting rid of the pandemic team um really trying to recreate uh, something with with uh you know, private labs instead of really trying to push whatever we could at that time. Um, uh, you know, defense authorization to get things here, paying attention to it. Just, um, you know, if we were doing America first, but we were still allowing everything to be outsourced, um, you know, you would think that you'd want to, you know, take care of those other things first. Um, just some of the real just lack of uh uh, empathy, understanding, it really turned people's lives upside down, cost a lot of lives, probably just the national response, um, harping on how you, you know, how, how China was shut down, but it really hasn't made much of a difference. We're still leading the world in, uh, coronavirus cases. So, um, you know, even people say, well, then maybe a million people would have died if, if that didn't happen. Well, maybe, um, but maybe not if we would have sheltered at that time as well. So, um, I don't know. It just seems like um, there's a lot to go and and uh, a lot of time, a lot of seeing what happens over the next probably going to be two months now um, until at least the end of May. And uh, we'll have to see where we are. Um, so anyway, um, again, these end up just being rambling at this point, I think, because, you know, there's not really much else to say besides what we see. And we all have to wait. Um, you know, are you feeling that same kind of thing? It's just kind of just like this uh, hurry up and wait um, every day, all day.
1: Yep. I mean, pretty much. And, again, it's interesting you mentioned how, you know, and you live in a, a very popular, well, pretty populous state. There's, what, six, six seven million yeah, people, seven in people in Arizona. Maybe I got that wrong. Yeah, seven yeah, million it's, in it's, the state now, four know.
0: and a half in Phoenix yeah. metro.
1: Right. I mean, Arizona is an important state for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, and a of lot course, of elderly here, like in
0: Florida, though too. That's another you know um, issue. I mean, there's a lot of elderly yeah, everywhere, a, but
1: another state that that very tourism oriented and and important for a lot of reasons. And of course, we see that the governor there, Ron DeSantis, finally put down some Florida, hard rules about yeah. lockdown. But unfortunately, I mean, to some degree, it, it may seem too little, too late because when you consider the number of cases that are growing there. Uh, in, in large part because spring break was allowed to continue. When you have any kind of mass gathering, especially of you know younger people who may in the beginning may not have been paying as as much attention to this as they are now.
0: Yeah, and, you know, um, and, and, that's and, kind and,
1: of a recipe for disaster. Yeah,
0: and I think DeSantis and and Doug Ducey here in Arizona, who both were put under some international pressure. I mean, there was a Guardian story about. Uh, Arizona is like a sick experiment um, because they sh- they still saw people out playing golf and golf courses and doing things because there was no and the you know still the list that that uh, Governor Ducey has made for what essential services are um, you know was right. was was really expansive and it and you know who knows what's really going to be the numbers once you know uh, you know if you look at Michigan they have a way more deaths than they have confirmed cases and, and it's really got to be scary. I mean Arizona is still in that in that in that relatively good zone for what the, the deaths are, which are you know under thirty, um, you know fifteen hundred about cases. Um, you know yeah. it's 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 a little different, but at the same time you know we have the heat in the summer too, so it's probably not going to live on surfaces outside very much. But no one wants to go outside, so people are more isolated. Um, but you know um, we know that it's going to get worse. Um, there has been some some, you know, stuff here. It really becomes a hyper local situation, don't you think? I mean, don't you find yourself looking I, globally as much as looking hyper locally on what you're doing?
1: Right. I mean and and the, you know, San Diego County, they've been giving the, the county leaders, uh specifically two supervisors here, have been giving global updates along with the public health officer and um as this has the city of San Diego, whose mayor is Kevin Falconer. Um and of course, the city and the county have been working, you know, pretty closely with one another on keep, you know, information and resources. I think it's, it's interesting. My home state of Nevada, which of course, you know, Las Vegas especially is nearly 100% dependent on tourism. Um, but the governor, several weeks ago, Steve Sisolak uh, decided, look, we've got to put down some rules here, and. You know, he banned mass gatherings, and casinos have shut down. I'm sure you've seen the pictures of many peop as many people have of the famous strip, which is all but abandoned, <laughs> and uh, downtown, other big gambling core there, hardly anybody around. I mean, it's very unsettling for somebody like myself who grew up there.
0: Oh yeah, um, oh yeah.
1: And and so again, and you you know, God only knows how much money you know, is going to be lost from this, but as we often said, viruses don't care about the economy. They don't care about, you know, they don't care about tourism. They don't care about somebody's (laughs) reelection. That doesn't matter. Um, So that's another reason when you have, uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, I want to be careful about how I phrase this, um, but you know, it's not the same thing as a terrorist attack or uh, uh, another type of natural disaster.
0: yeah yeah because but it just, don't you think it's still a little shocking that uh even though Trump is at least somewhat seemed to get it, even though he waffles and I'm sure within the next week we're gonna have another um you know aspirational as he said uh date come out um or 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 just kind of you know doing something that's against um probably uh you know public science, but you still have folks like devin nunes um who who came out again saying you know that it's not worth it, you know. Just these, it seems like, you know, I, I, you know, we always talk about how history will judge um, these Republicans for what happened in impeachment, but even for even more of them, like the lieutenant governor in Texas and Nunez and and some others, um, what they're saying about how you know the economy is more important than people um, is is going to be remembered. I, I I truly believe that.
1: Right, and again, I—I I, I frankly think and I'm sorry to say this. I think Trump only cares about this because he knows it really threatens his reelection now. Um, and you know, a lot of us have our suspicions as to why this guy really wants a second term to begin with. I suspect because certain statutes of limitations will run out, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, he was at the end of the day, he was too slow to respond to this. His administration ended a pandemic unit that had started under President Barack Obama. Um, he dismissed all of this as, and I, I'm paraphrasing here, as a hoax, or perhaps the response of it as a hoax, and that it was going to go away like a miracle. I mean, just saying things that are, are beyond ridiculous. And again, I can't imagine George W. Bush as yeah, tragic in in, in yeah. many ways as his presidency turned out right. to be. But George W. Bush being this cavalier, certainly right. Bill Clinton wouldn't have been, Barack Obama, Bush's oh. father wouldn't have been, nor sure. Ronald Reagan for right. that matter. Right. Um, well, hey, but hey, these Karen. All
0: that- hey, Karen. Go ahead. Can I ask you this? It has his base even gotten any of this I mean we saw that the the trump bump for the the crisis was was there obviously it was a lot lower than 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 any other president ever had for a crisis in the past but it, it, you know what did it mean to you know is it is it, it did it really hit his base and is that going to matter in november Is that 35 percent still solidly there will be but has it taken away that 55 you know some of that total 55. Um, do you think, when it comes to Election Day?
1: Look, any bump he got in his approval rating was simply for his quote-unquote handling of it, not for his overall approval ratings, which still hover in the mid to low 40s. As I've said it a million times, a lot of people don't like this guy. They'll tolerate him. They may have been okay because of the economy. But as we know, American voters can be pretty fickle with things. And whoever might look like a sure thing doesn't. Remember, we had – President George W. Bush had a 90 percent approval rating for about, what, a year or two? After September 11th, he got Uh, reelected. This time actually won the popular vote. Uh, Then we know what happened in the second term. His father had a 90 percent approval rating. After the Gulf War, well, he didn't win. So, I, you know, Donald Trump is far politically weaker than a lot of people understand. Now, if voter turnout is low, could he get another term in office? Sure. But I, I frankly think that's going to be much harder for him. And, and frankly, John, I have a theory. The only reason he's doing these daily briefings is because to some degree, probably his internal polling is not good. And they're telling him, you better get out there if you've got any chance of winning back some of these swing states. Because he's underwater in Michigan, Pennsylvania. He's, you know, hovering at 50 percent in Wisconsin, more or less. But, you know, that's those those states may not be in play for him. And neither Mike believe it or not, Arizona or Texas uh, or, or Florida. Um, he certainly, I, I don't think he's going to win any of the blue. I don't think he's going to win any of the blue states he lost yeah. last time. That's yeah. For Mark Kelly's sure. still so spending I, a lot of
0: money here. So, you know, you got to also yeah, think I that mean, McSally's in danger and what that means up and down the ticket.
1: Right. I, 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 and make no mistake. I think to some degree the GOP is far more worried about this than they let on. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, Let's let's not kid ourselves if Hillary Clinton were president right now and she was botching this the way Trump was, um, I would, you know, say the same thing that probably she's not going to win reelection, nor should she in that case. Yeah, and the would... Democrats in Congress would also have more reasons to be nervous.
0: I do like so to hope I, you know, that she would handle it differently. Don't you? Well,
1: yes, we certainly hope that I'm sure that Secretary Clinton would have. Again, I think Mitt Romney would have. Done, I think Devin. I'm uh, not Devin Nunes, or Ted Cruz might have. Uh, you know, again, uh-huh. people that actually have some real government experience and are not.
0: I'm with you that a lot, lot of people. Trump, so. I am. I am. I'm. I'm definitely with you that a lot more people would have handled it better than than trump but i'm not sh- so sure that ted cruz is one of them but um, well, no, fair
1: <laughs> enough we'll 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 you know we'll, we can argue about the marathon no, that, no, no I, was just, I was just i just i just
0: wanted to throw shade at ted cruz when i could uh so
1: <laughs> look you know the senator from texas this is a guy who barely won re-election last time and another situation where a lot of people don't like him either okay and that that's in a state that we know is changing so I, you know, I just I, I do not think Donald Trump has benefited from this at all in the way that, that sort of mainstream pundits think he has. And again, I, I bet good money, John, and hell, I haven't got much that he'll squander whatever advantage he gets between now and November because he just can't help himself. I mean, it, I, you know, it, it gives me no pleasure to say that, but that's who he is and where we are. And, you know, it's a shame because lives are at stake here. And, and of course, the U.S. economy is at stake. And, you know, this country's mental well-being is at stake. There's there's just – there is so much in the balance here. And it's – you know, this is why it matters who you put in the Oval Office, Democrat or Republican. Um, and uh, so I, I, you know, I don't uh, pay a lot of attention to these press briefings that he gives. I, you know, will read or listen to the summaries of them. Later, but I, I just think it's telling that he has to be on TV every day, John. I, I don't yeah, think that's I, necessarily yeah. out of great concern for the pandemic ex- itself. I suspect there are other reasons. Yeah, to find it.
0: and the uh, you know that I'm glad you know I know you know we were wanting to try to keep this podcast at 30 minutes or less today, but I'm <laughs> um, so glad you brought that up because I just want to mention it really briefly how much it turns my stomach to see these briefings and hear him talk. You just can't wait for anybody else. Um, as you know, and, and, you know, people say, oh, it's just Trump. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, the other people, I mean, you know, Pence sometimes, and a lot of people blow smoke up his rear end. Um, but it's the CEO, you know, and they, hey, why don't you come up and say a few words, you know, like it's, like it's another, you know, opening of a hotel, you know, um, and, um, it just drives me crazy. And, uh, you know, again, that's why you have a press secretary that usually does these things. But as you say, the need to be on TV and the need to be loved and famous um, is just, you know, completely driving um, everything that I think he sees. Um, and he's in constant reelection mode, even when he tries to talk about how it has something to do with humanity and and for the good of the people. Um, he's still campaigning, um, you know, him doing the tiff with the uh, um, uh, the Michigan governor, um, you know, when that state is really facing probably is going to be n- right after New York, um, is the way that at least the numbers are trending at this time. Um, you know, uh, it's just not the way to go. You know, that whole statement of, I don't call governors who, who don't have, you know, who don't appreciate me. Um, it's,
1: that's you know. inexcusable and despicable. And it's just in keeping with, His character. Okay, well, that's that's a good way I think to end end the talk
0: on COVID because I agree. Um, But you know, so that we don't get uh, um, too vitriolic, um, it's a a, you know COVID related is our you know last two little bits we just want to spend a couple minutes on total. Um, But uh, there was a you know we kind of got a a sneak preview of what uh, um, uh, the Attorney General Bill Barr would do if he had his druthers and he didn't have Congress. Um, looking at him, um, you know, potential uh, impacts to habeas corpus, just some other things, just kind of exposing Barr for, I think, the kind of strong man that he is. Um, But at the same time, you know, there's got to be adaptations made everywhere. Um, You know, Fox News then ended up playing, you know, the the, uh, state TV ran the, well, you know, it's just a memo and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, it's still out there. And um, under, you know, emergency powers, you know, Trump could try to, you know, the president has all these powers, as we saw what he did with the border. Um, the president could probably try to do um, nearly every anything mm-hmm. he wants, and then just let it get ra- wrapped up in the courts. So as much as it's a note, and you say, well, it's not going to happen. And, and these other things happen, it could be done by the stroke of a pen at some point by a president that we don't think is handling this very well. And so it has to be at least a preview of what might happen um, if it goes even worse. Um, do you see it that way? Um, does it give you any pause at all?
1: I That, that was a lot to take in. Um, I, I just, you've got to wonder, why is Barr suggesting this right now? I. I think all that that kind of proposal does is somehow it just puts people more on edge than they already are. You know, really, you want to indefinitely detain people without trial? Based on what? You know, what kind of crimes are we talking about? You know, are they, unless they, they're they planning a terrorist attack or something, and even then, you know, people suspected of that still have some fundamental rights. I I just, it's, and the fact that Barr is doing this quietly and i it just it, it further i think cements his reputation, as you said, as Trump's enforcer and a strong man and not somebody who's genuinely interested in upholding the laws and the values of this country i, I this just to me this is wrought with uh, you know danger in in terms of you know eroding civil liberties hmm. i and it just again, I find it very odd that he's requesting this now, you know, I, yes, we're in the middle of a horrendous health crisis. Yes. There's a lot of that. There are a lot of very bad things that are happening, but I don't see people riding in the streets, John, thankfully. And I don't see frankly, any need for him to be doing this right now.
0: Yeah. And, and, um, and, and you know, I mean, it, it, it kind of moves to the other, uh, you know, you know, one of the you know parts of a conversation we didn't really talk about was that there is, um, you know, a crisis in in jails right now. Rikers Island, other jails, other federal institutions are showing that there's, you know, there's really no way to quarantine people. And we might have, you know, because we have so many people in prison, um, unlike Italy or, uh, you know, some other countries, we have so many people in jail. Um, And those are places that once it gets in there, it's likely going to be to everybody um, because it's traveling through the air um you right. know there has to be i think some sort of idea put out and how to deal with it but instead of holding people longer i don't know if that's the answer anyway and so you know um you know you know god helps somebody who gets arrested i mean now you even can you know say somebody who wants to be you know a real ass and 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 go out and uh um you know do uh, you know try to be like hey uh You know this shelter in place i'm not doing it i'm going out you know me and my 10 friends we've seen that people things get you know busted up what if they start getting thrown in jail and all of a sudden there's a quarantine and all the holding cells because they all have corona um you know we have to start thinking about these things and this is where some of the ramifications that we had talked about before that you know maybe you know society has to look at changing because of what's gone on um you know maybe automation comes in on some of these you know you know 40 million plus job losses that we might have by by um you know fall um but it also has to be looked at is you know how do we deal with having so many people in jail and how many people will actually be in there if something runs rampant because we know there's a lot of pre-existing health conditions um you know uh if er's get overwhelmed are you really going to take all these do you really think these people that are watching these folks in jail are going to take them there what happens with guards um, how do they go home? How do they deal? Do they have N95 masks? I mean, um, I think the whole prison issue and how we have so many people in jail is going to come home to roost in this you know, COVID crisis in a way that that I don't think anybody has thought of before. Um, you know, it's happening in the Theodore Roosevelt, you know, air, aircraft carrier, it's spreading there, it's kind of the same kind of. You know very confined spaces for very for for many people just it's you know i mean a, a, an aircraft carrier is a lot like a jail except those people want to be there and they're all working towards a common goal but I mean, as far as their quarters are concerned there's not much of a difference um and so you know those things are bad uh and and they could get worse and we're going to really see what happens there i know i've kind of gone off from bar but um and gone back to COVID. But um, I don't know. You got anything on that before we go to the irony of the Keystone pipeline very quickly?
1: I mean, I think it's interesting. I know Fox News had a story, I guess, a few days ago of Barr sort of blocking it back and calling the sort of initial reports, uh, you know, a, a gross mischaracterization. But I, I think the problem for Bob, for William Barr, is that given how he handled the Mila report and just other examples of how he's gone sort of out of his way to protect Donald Trump, there's a reason people are suspicious of him. Um, You know, maybe if he quit doing things like that, people wouldn't be so suspicious. So I, again, we'll just, you know, you often hear what the saying with this administration, watch what they do, not what they say. So that's, that's, I'll leave it at that.
0: Uh, so let's go to the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, everything else is going on. Construction, construction is an essential <laughs> service. Um, and the oil war that's going on in, uh, between Saudi Arabia slash OPEC sort of, kind of, um, you know, we're, I guess we can't get really into the oil war. We'll be here for another hour and a half, um, and Russia, um. It's impacting mm-hmm. uh, shale operations, which is really what Keystone Pipeline is. A lot of those um, uh, the shale mines in Canada, uh, taking in Opera, that, yeah. yeah, taking that down to uh, the Gulf. Um, they're going to still go ahead and and, and start construction. Um, you know, you know, it's just that you know, any other time maybe this this is this is top of headline. Um, now you have to search really hard to find it. Um, does it mean anything? Is it ironic that you're still going to have people out there working on this when when everything else is going on? Um, you know, what's your impressions on it? It's just kind of one of those "Hey, Martha" kind of things to me.
1: Right. I, I again, I, the, the timing of this just is highly suspicious. Um, you know, good. And who knows? They may have a problem finding people to work on this if they don't necessarily if they if the coronavirus crisis deepens more, um, you know, and and just the health risks that would accompany that. um, And, you know, we should note that since this thing was proposed, it has actually had some opposition from leaders in red states because some of it sits over a major aquifer in the Plain States Mm -hmm. and, you know, that's a threat to the water there, never mind how many Native American tribes don't want this thing. Um, but of course, you know, Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is supportive of this and has made that clear. Um, obviously Donald Trump is, and so, you know, don't look to this administration to lift a finger to do anything to stop this. Um so I you know, I I, find it I suspect that the plans for this are not going to go as smoothly as Keystone would hope and neither TC Energy Corporation. Um but again, uh, just the timing of it, uh, you know, I, just seems very odd. But uh, you know, they, and and they look supposedly we, planned, doubt but
0: that- uh, but you know, it's uh, yeah. I I kind of think they see it because you know the you know folks are really worried that the um, everything is going to go under there and they're going to have to get started again. Now, I you know I saw Rick Perry on Fox News because as you know, I really like watching Fox News, especially during a crisis because it gives you the idea of what. Um, those folks are thinking as much as you can't take it. I take it in as many large doses as I can. I saw Rick Perry on Tucker Carlson yesterday. I try to catch Tucker and Hannity at least every day to to see what kind of you know craziness is going on. Ingram, I barely can stand, but I I, I give it my best anyway. Rick Perry talking about uh, the collapse of the shale um, industry because of the oil war, and I think they know you know if you get the pipeline built. Now, um, before it really all collapses, there's an industry to go back to, and it makes it even less cost prohibitive to restart, and and that's the whole push, I think, right now. And I think those folks in oil and gas feel that way, and that's why it's there. Um, you know, there's something to be said about having you know um, some energy independence in North America, and you know, we know, and hopefully there's still this push and. I just think we to, to, you know, electric, um, solar, um, you know, whatever we can to generate this power. Um, And, you know, Mm -hmm. we have to realize that, you know, gas reserves aren't going to last forever. Um, But there's going to be a battle for the remaining resources until there is, Um, you know, humankind has not shown us that we're ever going to be able to wean ourselves, it's going to have to be forced and whether we can make ourselves, you know, just get our fingers out of the way of a closing door at the right moment. Um, We probably will. Um, But um, I really think that's the push. And and they are worried about the shale um, and and U.S. oil um, because of what's going on. But um, it's easily restarted. That's the thing with oil and gas and mining. Um, The price goes back up. um, It makes sense. So uh, and if the XL pipeline's in, it even makes even more sense. And it's going to be. So, you know, as much as is I don't like the ecological impacts and, and really, I you know, for especially for something that, that has a limited life. But again, every pipeline is not built to last an eternity. Um, but it'll probably last the 20, 30 years where we're still relying on gasoline and, and other oil. So, you know, just got to hope it's going to be for the best. But I think it's ironic that that's, that's one of the essential operations that's going on when we're facing a pandemic um, and that it's kind of going under the radar.
1: Yeah, you know, you, you you make a lot of great points on this. I, I yeah, it, for now this is going to happen, and I, I guess we'll just see if if you know those who are opposed it, offer up other lawsuits or uh, find other ways to slow down you know the construction of it. Yeah, you know, let's not forget there were protests there for some time. So, like yeah. again, I just find the timing of this you know, very
0: odd. Well, you know, Karen, I think we're going to make it in in, in record time for this podcast. And um, But I want uh-huh. to thank you for, I don't know, working together with me trying to get this out um, again, you know, as, as anybody might see on the Modern Times page. We're going to be getting that up at the same time, how we're going to try to get through uh, the coronavirus I um, always want to thank Karen for being just Karen, you know, which is, which is an amazing, incredible person who has more strength than she knows at times, and, and she provides help to, to more people than she realizes. And I, I can't thank her enough for her friendship over 20 years and for everything else. Um, we're going to be trying to do this podcast uh, regularly, um, you know, at least a couple times a week and maybe, you know, keeping it a lot shorter at times. And we'll get through it. And the last little bits is testing, please. uh, Whoever's out there, get as many tests and those uh, um, uh, post-infection tests, too. We need those. Um, Convalescent plasma, I mentioned this on our podcast two weeks ago. Um, We need all that. And so thank you, as always, Karen. Please get the testing out there. Everybody stay healthy and happy. We'll talk at you. But, Karen, thanks.
1: Thank you, John. You're much too kind, and uh, I wish you all the best. And uh, not to repeat you, but to everybody out there, please stay inside and stay safe.
0: Thanks, everybody. Thanks again, Karen.